Hey everyone, welcome to the Zero Hour. I'm your host, The Saw. And have I ever got a real treat for you guys? We're going to be taking a break from our trip through the Marvel Cinematic Universe to take the time for this special episode. This week, I have a special guest, Mr. Scott Knightlick, founder of the company Spectre Creative and the Spectre Creative YouTube channel. Scott has worked in the toy industry for many years, including working with some of the most successful toy brands, including Masters of the Universe, DC Universe, and Hot Wheels from Mattel, as well as many more. In this episode, I'm going to discuss Scott's history in the toy industry and what he does today with his company, Spectre Creative. I encourage all of you to check out Scott's website, spectrecreative.com, and all of his videos on his YouTube channel. And of course, his company is on Facebook, and you can follow him on Twitter and connect with him on LinkedIn. Hi, I'm Scott, Marketing and Media Manager for Superlative Studios. Are you a business owner looking to reach local, national, or even international customers? If so, consider sponsoring The Zero Hour. Radio advertising is one of the most successful forms of advertising for reaching customers. Contact me today at 506-608-2456 or at superlativeradio at gmail.com or via our website, superlativestudios.net to see how we can help you achieve your goals. Scott has worked in the toy industry as a professional for over 20 years, working with companies like Entertainment Earth, Mattel, Jada, Loot Crate, and many more. Not only that, but Scott is also a lifelong toy fan and collector, and each day he offers his insights and look at how and why toy companies do what they do when it comes to making the toys we all love, right on his Spectre Creative YouTube channel. So without further ado, let me introduce Scott, the toy guru nightlick from Spectre Creative. So, uh, I've, like I said, I've watched pretty much most of your videos, if, if not all of them. The only ones I don't watch is the hieroglyphic ones. I'm not a hieroglyphic fan, but... Uh, no one's offended. <laughs> but I, I, have, I do watch all the others. Um, I guess maybe... Now, I know your, your, your backstory because, of course, I've, I've read all about you beforehand and I've watched all your videos and I watched your video explaining how you got into this industry and how you, you know, all the way back to you uh, moving to California with your parents and the whole thing with you getting comic books sent from your grandfather to summer camp. And yeah, so I've kind of done, done it all. But maybe if you could just kind of give a brief history so that my listeners who may not have seen your videos know how did you get into this industry and what brought you to being a someone who works in toys so uh well i grew up as a i was a toy player as a child like we all were yeah and as i started to hit you know being a teenager i was a teenager in california i grew up in connecticut and then we moved to california before junior high and uh you know we all had that moment when we sort of go from being a kid who plays with toys to a collector collecting toys. And there's usually always kind of like that time period between the two where you sort of miss stuff. Yes, very true. For me, that was kind of like 1990, 91. So toys that came out in 1991 were ones that that were so always kind of like those, like, oh, I wish I got those. It's absolutely influenced a lot of what I buy as an adult because those tend to be the toys that I wanted to have as a kid. So... Collecting, yeah. I just like all of us, I you know, I just had that collector bug and just kept doing it all through high school and college, post college. When I graduated college, my undergraduate, um, I wound up getting a job in the pharmaceutical industry in marketing. 
where if you've ever seen a like a pharmaceutical print ad in in a magazine, yeah. you know how much fine print there. You know, you turn the page and half the ad is just you know this drug could also turn you into a chicken or make you fall down the stairs. Yeah, we we don't have those regulations in Canada, but I know you guys do in the states. It's a little different. So what I hadn't ever sort of connected was the fact that the toy industry and the healthcare industry are both highly regulated. The toy industry in the sense that you have small parts warnings, you have licensor logos, country logos, et cetera, et cetera. And I wound up at the Mattel booth at San Diego Comic-Con, big shocker. I really just went there to meet the brand manager who was working on Justice League Unlimited because I love that toy line. And I just wanted to say hi, tell him how much I liked his toys. And uh, I'd actually, at the time this of this Comic-Con, this was yeah, 20 years ago, I was actually uh, dating a woman who was a, li- a, a audiovisual librarian in Torrance, California. And their summer reading program was on comic books to try to get kids reading. That's a good way. You know, yeah, exactly. And so she asked me if I could set up their lobby display with like my comic book collection and toys. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'd love to do that. So I basically got to create this huge eight-foot display in a glass case where I had a bunch of comic books and a bunch of comic book superhero toys. I mean, they're all you know, just from my collection. And they were just going to live at the library for, you know, three months, and I'd get them back. Hey, everyone loves to see their toy collection on there. Yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. So I took some pictures of it, and I actually took them with the intent of showing them to someone completely different. But because I had them on me when I met the brand manager for Justice League, Eddie Hayden, uh, I said, oh, by the way, like I actually did this really cool display and a bunch of your toys are in it. You know, I happen to have a lot of Justice League figures in that display. And so I, I was, she was like, wow, this is like, you did this for us? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I did that for you. <laughs> Very impressed that I put this whole display together of his product line. And he asked me if I'd ever considered working for Mattel. I was like, have I? I've only been sending you my resume every six months since I graduated college. And so I wound up getting an interview with the Hot Wheels group that was looking for a writer. And because I had actual experience as a, as a marketing, as a writer professionally, and I had a portfolio showing how I could navigate, do marketing, but also all of the, the fine print that yeah. came with pharmaceutical, they're like, oh my God, we've been looking for someone with this skill set. I was like, wow, I would have never put that together, that this skill set I developed working on glaucoma medication for five years would transition over to Hot Wheels. So that was how I got my foot in the door. And then once I was in, after about a year and a half, I put together a proposal that Mattel as a company wasn't doing enough for the adult collector. And I brought it into the, the, the vice president, Tim Kilpin. I made my little spiel. I quoted the movie Big. And uh, they moved me over from the copywriting Hot Wheels group over into the boys action figure marketing group to start up what became Maddie Collector. And serendipitously, this is the last part, is Mattel had just gotten the license for the full DC universe. Previously, they only had Superman and Batman. And so they needed a brand manager who knew the entire DC universe to help manage this. And shockingly, I was the only one in the company that did that, that knew most people. It's just caught. They're just things. They don't know. Yeah. They, you know, it's just a character, you know, like, you know, this character wears a mask. This character has a black cloak. You know, th- this guy's dressed in red, white, and blue. That's yeah. about all they do. So, so yeah, so, so I wound up being the brand manager for the retail DC line. And that led to me brand managing, uh, as I, you know, climbed the corporate ladder, I wound up brand managing some of the movies, uh, Superman, not Superman Returns, uh, Man of Steel. 
yeah. and Green Lantern, the Ryan Reynolds film. And all time also brand managing Maddie Collector, which was the figure of the month club for adult collectors. And that wound up getting then recruited away to other toy companies by previous bosses after 10 years. And after bouncing around for a few, with a few other toy companies that I kept getting recruited to, uh, wound up in North Carolina after realizing we just, you know, needed a better quality of life. And since then I've been consulting and running Spectra Creative where I connect with entrepreneurs and investors and large and small toy companies to help them develop product independently. That's, that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, now, obviously, you know, a move like that across the country to start your own business, that's, that's a big step, you know, for you and your wife. I saw on your website, your wife helps you. Yeah. So my wife, um, I'm very blessed. She's not only just an awesome wife, <laughs> she has a master's degree in child play therapy. Yeah, I read that. That's really cool. You guys make a good combo that way. It really is. It's like, I know how to make toys. She understands the emotional connection with children. And so, yes, there's many times where she'll jump in on a call with me and where people will even just request just to talk with her. I mean, she has a full-time job as a therapist, but she also, um, I mean, she's, she's an expert at this. She's really good. That's really cool. And you get to work with your significant other too. So, and I do. Yes. So, uh, you know, I, that's, Honestly, a joy. And That's, we both get to work from home. We have offices. Mine has a few more toys in it than hers. But. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So you, now as a, as a lifelong collector, um, I know you're, you know you're a fan of Marvel Legends and a fan of Star Wars uh, and He-Man, of course, obviously Masters of the Universe. Was there ever anything else that you were into besides those? Like I know like you got DC as well, but... Uh, like, were you ever into, I don't know, like uh, Hot Wheels as a kid or Transformers or G.I. Joe's or, you know, I'm just trying to think of all the big brands there are, but. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, you know, there was definitely other toy lines that I loved besides, uh, I mean, Marvel Legends and, and Star Wars, like called the Vintage Collection are just sort of current things. But as a kid, uh, I mean, my first big one was Fisher-Price Little People, like yeah. the original ones, the ones that. Oh, yes. I remember those. Yeah. You know, look like these guys. Yeah. I'm guessing we're probably about the same, same age ish forties. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I'm 44. So, um, yeah. So, uh, Fisher Price, little people, um, then probably star Wars and he man. That's cool. Um, I, I did have a big, like a little bit of a transformers kick. It wasn't as big as he man. Um, I think probably because I was too, like, I, it was frustrating to do the transformation um, when you're, you know, little. But I really love the 86 movie. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah, I do too. I don't know what it is about it. <laughs> yeah. Constructs was a uh, building toy. Oh, yes, that, I remember those. I used to basically build my own Transformers that would then turn into spaceships that my Star Wars figures could go into. That's, that's really cool. Um, the only one, and then Ninja Turtles was kind of the tail end of my childhood. That was sort of the line that literally was the uh, connector between being a child and being an adult collector. Yeah. I think it was with me too. Cause we're, uh, we, again, we're about the same age. So, uh, cause I'm 46. So it's, yeah, it, it was right at the same age where I remember turtles coming in at the end there and kind of being that jumping point. Yep. The only one that I honestly was not really into was GI Joe. Um, yeah. I don't know why, um, my best friend, Sean and his little brother had like everything. Maybe because I could go over there and play G.I. Joe. That could be. I had friends like that too, so I didn't need any of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had He-Man out the wazoo, Star Wars out the wazoo, a ton of Transformers. I just never got into G.I. Joe. I, I don't know why, but it just, cool. you know. So um, as, a, as a 
as a, someone who's involved in the in the toy making industry, what do you think of the larger companies like Mattel and Hasbro doing um, their own sort of like ha- they have Haslab and they have uh, what's the new one for Mattel that they have? Um, Mattel Creations, I think, is what's yeah something like that. So, what do you think of these big companies doing these? Um, I guess doing these these fan ideas where they they the fans sort of fund the project. What do you think of that? I mean, it's a great template uh, for making these things. And honestly, I mean, I'll you know jump on my own soapbox. That's what we did at Maddie Collector with Castle Grayskull. Yeah, you know, years. I mean, a decade before Haslab. Oh yeah, I remember that. So um, it's definitely you know it's obviously a distribution method that I I like. What's great about it is it puts the power in consumers' hands. You know, it says like, hey, you want a sale barge? Fine, step up. Yeah, here you go. You know, I know a lot of fans look at that like, oh, why do I have to give, you know, a, a free, you know, lo- uh, you know, a 12-month loan to a toy company to get my toy? But that's what retailers do too. You're just, fans are just taking the spot of the retailer within the overall buying process. So right. when a toy company, a Mattel, Hasbro, Spin, Jax, whatever, they're go. They're they're trying to sell in, you know, a line of Marvel Legends figures. Well, they're you know they're just going to show, you know, the retailer like six figures and say, okay, this represents a year's worth of product, and the retailer is going to commit to that. Same thing with like the sale barge or the Eternia playset. They're showing the you know the product. So basically, the the the, the formula for selling in toys is find a customer to commit to it before we go into production whether right. that's Target and Walmart or in, in a bunch of individual collectors, it's the same template. No company is going to make something without a retailer or a customer. Right. And that makes sense. Yeah. So I love <laughs> that these large companies are stepping up on doing it. What I wish they would do is pay a little bit more attention to what fans actually want. They're using this method to basically produce things for the licensors that right. like the IP owners, um, so two good examples are the Cookie Monster and the third sister lightsaber, even the Ghostbuster, Ghostbuster, Ghost Rider car. Yeah. Did that, Hasbro did that all failed. None of those were items people were asking for. Right. You know, no one was like, you know, say, I mean, saying like, oh, I really want a third sister lightsaber, even though I barely know who this character is that they just created. Yeah. So versus Sail Barge, Galactus, Sentinel, these were things like people were legitimately asking for. Yeah. So I mean, I have like one, two, like four Sentinel action figures That's awesome. in my office, like including the you know the giant hat. Like so, I was yeah, like waiting for a big. I would like I bought I I was I was I pre bought that figure in my mind ten years ago. Oh yeah, I mean anybody who's an X Men fan for sure would have that for their collection, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like that's something we all wanted versus. The Cookie Monster was something that Sesame Street said, "Hey Hasbro, you need to make this." Yeah, you know. So, um, not that I'm bashing on Sesame Street, I love Sesame Street. Yeah. So that that that's basically it. Is that they need to to pay more attention and actually make things fans want, and not just put product out there because. Yeah. Well, I think a good example of that would be the GI Joe His Tank that they did. I mean, that 
I think they met their goal in like 10 days or something crazy. Like, you know, it was just every, you could tell, obviously all the fans wanted one cause they, they just jumped right on it. Whereas like you said, the third sister lightsaber, the ghostwriter, they, they didn't make it right. And, and I, I think there's also some harm that the companies are doing for, you know, trying to do these pre-sales for items that don't go through, you know, take the ghostwriter car, yeah. right? Wheels of vengeance. I think they called it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like as an example, they originally had a. I think the uh, human version of uh, the guy, the character's head, was going to be. Or no, you were going to get like a second. You're going to get the human form as a second character if you pre-ordered within the first five days. Yeah. That didn't, then that didn't happen, and they just included the the human head as an accessory. Yeah. And to me, that I find that well, for lack of a better word, kind of insulting. Yeah. Because it takes a lot of the credit credential like the credibility away from these companies because you're like okay well I'm not going to support that because you're just going to like throw that in as an accessory with something later on um yeah. you know like the way they also kept lowering the tiers you know with the add-on manifesto and Do- goblin queen figures and all that stuff so i in that sense i feel like when they're doing items that collectors aren't asking for it it's hurting the brand a lot more, and it's hurting the credibility of the companies. Hi, I'm Scott, marketing and media manager for Superlative Studios. Are you a business owner looking to reach local, national, or even international customers? If so, consider sponsoring The Zero Hour. Radio advertising is one of the most successful forms of advertising for reaching customers. Contact me today at 506-608-2456 or at superlativeradio at gmail.com or via our website, superlativestudios.net to see how we can help you achieve your goals. That's the first half of my interview with Scott Toy Guru Nightlick. We'll be back in segment two, where we get into just how big of a part of the industry adult collectors actually are. You won't want to miss it. <laughs> 